Ladies and gentlemen, we are here, we are live, the Sports Attention Football Show, and I am joined by my co-host, Potty Berta Cozzi. Gentlemen, how are we? Um, as far as the football is concerned, mate, I've been better. I've been better. Yes. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> how about you, Cozzi? How are you, mate? Yeah, very good. Very good, Potty. Um, by the sound of your voice there, there seems to be some sort of news that's occurred over the weekend, so I'll be looking forward to hearing all about it. Mm. Berta, how are you feeling? You're looking all chirpy over there. Oh, well, you know, I just... Oh, first of all, hello to the listeners everywhere out there, especially in Argentina, where I believe we're big. Um, yeah, I... <laughs> I'm I'm very chirpy. Look, I've I've always been a big believer of the rules, and um, I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it, hey, and we'll talk more about rules and regulations. Okay, well, before we start and get into the podcast, guys, last episode we had a no VAR zone, and before we start the intro and get into it, I want to let the listeners know that we have a leave your flaccid penis at the door zone this week so it's balls to the wall okay you ready guys ready yep looking forward Let, to it let's do it Ladies and gentlemen, the Sports Detention Football Show, welcome. Guys, we've had a big week. A lot of news, as we alluded to in the intro, but nothing gets bigger than the international break. <laughs> oh. oh, Just when we thought we were going to get away with a week of just, you know, recharging Letting, you know, things just simmer over in the, the hot and heavy world of the Premier League and, uh, well, we were wrong. Mm. Um, how'd we go, guys? Good week? Yeah, yeah not very good week. Um, you're talking about international matches. as a big uh, weekend for the No Joy Brigade. Um, yeah. We had a little, little bit more joy this week. So, um, San Marino scored a goal in their... Uh, qualifier, but uh, sadly went down 3-1 to the might of Kazakhstan, but mm. still it's onwards and upwards. for the. It's now called the Somewhat Joy Brigade, so oh, well, onwards mm. and upwards. I imagine how upset Borat would be. <laughs> upset? I thought he'd be happy with that result. 3-1 winners, so Kazakhstan, third on the table. They, they might even, you know, scrape in only one point outside of uh, qualifying Kazakhstan. No clean sheet, though. No clean no sheet. No clean sheets. <laughs> um, speaking of big matches against the giants of, of the football world, what about the Socceroos? Performance of the lifetime up against the giants of Asian football, Bangladesh. Yeah, a, a, a real um, a, a real high point, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can see where this is going already. Mate, I did say, no, I'm, I'm not going to go further than the fact that I looked at... I. Like the message went around, oh, the Socceroos are on, get amongst it. And I think I, I think I was watching Rocky Three or something. I think that's that's where I was. Um, 
But I looked at the scorecard and I thought it was the cricket. Australia, <laughs> seven for none. I, I uh, thought you guys were going to make a point about um, seeing Harry Suter standing next to the Bangladeshian backline and how there was about two foot of difference in height. I thought that's mm. where you were going with that. Uh, we spoke about midget throwing last week. <laughs> Great sport. <laughs> but anyway, right. looking up, guys, uh, for the Socceroos, we're up against Palestine on Wednesday, and that'll take place in Kuwait. So the, the World Cup qualifiers continue. Um, obviously, from a Socceroos perspective, um, we just need to keep chalking up the wins. That should be difficult against quality opposition. Um, mm. Yeah, anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Can I talk about two players there, guys, while we were on the Australian team? The yeah, right side, it, The right side of Australia, did you see how well they performed? I'm talking about Connor Metcalf mm. and Lewis Miller. Thoughts on those two players, guys? Did you catch much of the game? Uh, I didn't catch much of the game. I, I you know, no. No. Harry Souter with his header was about as far as I got. And then, yep. yeah. But, um, you know, speaking of great Aussie wingers, um, Harry Kuehl, is he still playing? Managing? <laughs> I, I don't know. He injured. Nah. Oh, that's how much attention you pay to the Aussie team, is it, Grego? Oh, when it comes to uh, games against Bangladesh, yes. And when they're played in Melbourne, even more, yes. No, um, well, well, give I, us a rundown, mate. The oh, boys. No, I, just, I was just going to say, they, they play really, really well. Like, um, attacking, like, I mean, uh, we've got to take a side note of it is Bangladesh, but, you know, that right side of Australia, I think Metcalf uh, really dominated, was really mm. um, dangerous. Kieran Backus in the middle as well, in the middle of midfield, looked very good. Um, Metcalf's only 24, Backus is 25. Miller's 23, so the signs are good for the Aussies, I think. Yeah. I think it's, um, I, like, a lot of the players that are starting to be, you know, blooded through the national team ranks. Like, I mean, there's a lot of quality, and I think it does, you know, we, it won't get the credit that it deserves, but it, it shows that not only are, is there good players playing locally in the in the A-League, but there are all are still a real good influx of, of players that are playing in Europe, in different competitions around Europe that are, that are coming back and performing really well for the Socceroos. Yeah, they're cutting their teeth in... There's a few in Germany. Um, there's mm. a young guy that come off the bench playing for Portsmouth in England. Um, Jackson Irvine's still toiling away. He's in Germany. There's a young left-back, um, Jordan Boss. He plays for Westerloo. Do you know where that is, guys? Uh, right is next to Portaloo. <laughs> it's just to the west of Portaloo. No, I don't know where that is, but um, sounds good. I'd say... Uh, <laughs> I'd say Sweden or somewhere like that, maybe. Mm. Let's yeah, go with that. Player. Good yeah. player. Rivals really... of North South United. Mm. Yes. We're really taking a long time. And I've been sitting here at the edge of my seat trying to get to the next <laughs> segment that we've oh, <laughs> he's, he's cottoned on. Uh. Like, you have not, like, unbelievable. Like, you haven't even talked about the A-League yet, let alone the fact that there's a second-tier A-League competition. I just became the biggest Wollongong Wolves fan. In Australia. Oh, mate, wrong side of the coast, mate. You're a Mariners man, aren't you? I don't know. I just picked a team in the second tier and said the Wolves It's the closest to the team that I play for up here, so I thought that'll do. 
Now, the Wollongong Wolves, Cosie would be able to confirm this, former NSL heavyweights, the Wollongong Wolves. Former NFL heavyweights? Yeah, back in the old NSL days, they were they were oh, NSL, pretty decent sorry, side. Yeah, yeah not yeah, the American Football League. Team. Yeah. Scott, yeah, that's what I thought he said. I thought you were t- there's some side joke about gridiron or something like that. But um, no, I, I I seem to remember watching them win a grand final. Being oh, this is going to test the memory now. Probably uh, early two thousands, they were down, I believe, three nil in the grand final and came back and won four three. Maybe the listeners can send in some feedback mm. about that. We'll have we'll yeah, look did, it up after the show. But did Scott Chipperfield play for the Wollongong Wolves? He did. He did. Mm, yeah, that's it's all coming back to me now, as Celine Dion once said. <laughs> oh, good one. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, so that would have been that might have been the grand final they played against the Parramatta Power. Oh, oh. oh the Power. We, this has been a lightning start to the show. The listeners, should we should we take a commercial break or something like that? They probably need a bit of a, a break after all this chat about A League and relegation and promotion. <laughs> Okay, um, so what's the idea? Is they they're going to start looking at promotion and relegation? So yeah, Football Australia's announced that they've got uh, initially eight teams together to form a second tier to yeah. the A League, and what will happen is over the next it's a it's a quite a long plan to get these clubs up and running and sustainable so that they can compete against A League teams in the future. Um, they're yep. going to bring in a couple more further on down the track. But, yeah, it's pretty exciting, like, uh, getting those, as you mentioned, those clubs that have got a real rich history in Aussie football um, mm. back into the spotlight. And I think, as well, it's it's a big part of trying to get more media attention and chase yeah. the media dollar, you know. So if they've got a package that has promotion, relegation and more interest, um, they're... they're going to look better look for more money from the uh promoters and the tv deals everyone needs a package with more interest i don't want to be disrespectful but i think it's fucking stupid (laughs) (laughs) Um, amen preach i the the reason i do cosy is i i love and mate i'm i'm with you on the relegation promotion relegation thing i think that is really something that can draw interest and eyes but the issue we have is, you know, private equity sports in Australia struggles. Like fran- the franchise system that we have in Australian sports, where if you're in the league, you're in the league, supports teams in terms of providing guarantees of funding. I think when you look at Australian sports and the landscape of Australian sports, you look at all the teams that are privately owned, and I think it ends quite badly for most of them. And I think this is what, if that is the goal of this promotion relegation coming into Australian football, that puts a massive amount of pressure on clubs to perform with, you know, finances that are probably sketchy as it is. Yeah, well, yeah, you've got so, to look at Perth Glory at the moment that um, they can't sell the club. Um, their yeah. sales just fallen through, etc. So they're on shaky ground at the moment unless they can find a new buyer. Yeah, unless you were basically going to, you know, you had 30 high-flying European clubs who said, we want to put, you know, farm our players out to the A-League and we're all going to take a club each. I, I just don't see how it can work. 
to be honest, yeah, in Australia. Australia. Australian sporting landscape just isn't set up for, for that, you know, for independent ownership. It's, it's only really been majorly successful with the Rabbitohs. You know, everywhere else, you think about when Nathan Tinkler came into town for the Jets and for the Newcastle Knights, everybody thought, oh, this is great, premierships for days, and then he went broke. And and I would say both clubs haven't recovered. Mm. Yeah, that's true. So I think, um, but there there are on the flip side, there are a different, there are a number of clubs with different structures out there, but there are a number of clubs that are not in the A League that have mm. a fair uh, bit of financial clout behind them. Like they've got, there's some. You've only got to look at club like in the uh, NRL, like with the um, Redcliffe Dolphins. You know the money that they've got and the backing yeah. that they've got. Um, there are some football clubs out there that have that backing. It's interesting though that there's no Brisbane side. In that in that initial eight teams, but um, I'm sure there'll be a few sides in Brisbane working pretty hard to try and get into the next um, mm. group of teams that go into it. So it'll be interesting just to keep an eye on. But Are it's you also two trying too, to get into uh, the Who Cares report. But it's also too just a final thing on that, uh, Cosy, is that the A League was built off the back of trying to break that traditional sort of ethnic grasp that those club a mm. lot of those clubs with a lot of financial backing are founded in and you know you it, i think it just opens up a can of the worms that the a-league was trying to avoid initially in the creation of the competition so i i just don't see why they would move away from a franchise system yeah. but anyway yeah we'll mm. see how it goes. i do i do hear but absolutely, there are some really, especially in the New South Wales Premier League and the like, you know, the the, the classics, you know, Marconi, New United, mm. you know, they're, they're, they're all really well-supported and well-funded clubs. And that's, you know, me just throwing two out there. All righty Berta, get excited, mate. We're moving on to the big debate. Um, obviously, for the listeners out mate. here, look at pot- potty. So for the it's like a bulldog chewing a shoe. For the listeners, we haven't got headlines of the week because we haven't had any Premier League football with the international break. Although some news is broken, um, and I thought, look, we couldn't go any other way than having potty break the news on the podcast for us. Potty, tell yep. us what's happened, mate. So most of our listeners will be aware uh, the um, uh, Everton have been deducted 10 points um, by the Independent Commission for financial um, breaches. Um, and it's come out essentially that they uh, there was one charge against them uh, and they were $19.5 million um, uh, dollars over the, what is it, the financial... Um, um, sorry, it's evading me the term. Sorry, Grigo. Uh, financial fair play. Fair play, yeah. Yeah, fair play. Um, so anyway, that's broken over the weekend. It's basically dropped Everton back um, into equal last place on four points. So, um, look, should I just jump in a straight where my first reaction? Yeah, mate, if you give us your reaction, what, what do you think on, on this? Well, look, the way I thought we'd structure it for the for the listeners is... You know, what should happen, each of us will give our reaction on what should happen, but then also to devil's advocate, what will happen? What do we predict will actually happen or occur um, from this point? So what do you reckon, Pod? Oh, so 
Look, what should happen, I think 10 points is an absolute grossly over-the-top reaction. It was one charge, and um, as I said, it was $19.5 million. So to deduct 10 points um, is, I think, well and truly excessive. Um, I, I, I feel like... Um, the reason why I feel like it was excessive was because of evidence cooperation during the process. Yeah. So when these charges came to light, uh, and we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, so I'll try not to harp on it too much, but evident have, yeah, okay, so they basically owned up to it, say this is where our money has gone. We have spent uh, $19.5 million over the financial fair play. It hasn't gone towards... Um, building the team to play better on the field, it's gone to the no. stadium rebuild. So I thought that was a big point. And a, a big concern around that was because of, um, long story short, but it, because of the um, Russia invading Ukraine, the um, who they had lined up as the stadium sponsor fell through for them. So that yeah. caused them a huge amount of revenue. Not what they could control. Yeah, so it's so it's obviously a, a complex situation here where the ownership of Everton Football Club has been impacted by a restriction of their financial access in yeah. terms of... But, um, yeah, some interesting points as well when you talk about it not going into the sporting side. It was basically, you know, the stadium. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so f- from because of that cooperation and because of the reasons behind the overspending, I thought 10 points was very excessive. Mm. Um, look, I don't know. If you had to find them some points, I thought a game, three points would have been, um, you know, sufficient, perhaps some sort of a fine. Um, essentially, if they go into administration, they lose nine points, yeah. don't they? So you, you're... You're stinging them more for this. Yeah. It's um, interesting too because um, your wife actually texted me and she said, look, she'd got the recording of you were on your phone <laughs> and actually picking up from the news that Everton had been deducted points. So I'll just play that for the listeners. Gentlemen, this is <laughs> Democracy Manifest. Have a look at the headlock here. See that chap over there? He's got your hand off my penis! So, I mean, you're, you're, you're really taking it bad, the points deduction. Why did you do this? For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? <laughs> yeah, guilty, guilty. Um, now, it clearly wasn't a succulent Chinese meal. It was $19.5 million, uh, yeah. in interest payments for your stadium. Yeah, That's so... An expensive meal. Mm. So, you know, just another point on that, and I know we have touched on this before when we've been discussing it, boys, but there's obviously, um, well, pending charges, 115 charges against uh, Man City at the moment, and Chelsea uh, have um, shown up in the media over this last week as well. You explain to me. What allegedly, f- or allegedly, or allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. No, we, we talked about it earlier. This is a non-flaccid penis zone. It's fucking Man City and Chelsea. No, none of this bullshit that you're seeing out there on Twitter. Other clubs. Oh, yeah. Let's just call it as it is. It is City and Chelsea. But tell me, why, why, why the fuck would they cooperate? Anyway. Well, <sighs> it's interesting, just jumping in there, Just I'm going to talk about a bit later, but Chelsea, um, where their charges have stemmed from, 
they actually, I was reading today, they came forward to um, discuss the uh, payments and things that went on, the, the concerning money changing hands when Abramovich was there. So they've actually reported themselves as well. Mm. Concerning money changing mm. hands. Yeah, mm. it is. And I mean, let's be fair dinkum for Chelsea. I mean, their punishment will come down the track and you can mark my words you can chop it up do whatever you want with it because at the end of the day they've got players who are on eight-year contracts and if two of them are flops they're going to be paying out the ass for those players for so the risk that they've taken on those contracts i I trust me Take my word from a United fan who still had Phil fucking Jones playing for us last year. <laughs> like, you've got these players on contracts who are not going to walk away from these contracts and you've got them for eight years. Chelsea are going to be in a world of financial hurt in five years' time. Mark my words. They're in trouble. All that for a bang average midfielder too. Like, far out. Silly business. Mm. So anyway, Pod, before you move on, mate, what do you think will happen? What is your what do you think will be the end here or the end of the story for Everton Football Club here? Uh so there will be an appeal and all this will be settled relatively soon. They have to appeal within two weeks, I think. So mm. um we'll find out what's going to happen. Like I've heard a lot of people suggesting that um you you'll probably see an appeal and you'll probably see it go down or around about six points. Mm. Um, because um, there was, correct me if I'm wrong, six points for the breach and then another additional point for every five million over it or something like that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so that was, it was obviously six points and then obviously the, the extra four has come for every five million spent over the top of that. But it won't surprise me if the 10 points stand and they just keep bullying the little guy and, um, you know, mm. we never hear any of those other clubs, allegedly, yeah. get just anything happening. But I know you're going to jump into that a bit later, Gregor. Yeah. Um, Rightio, we'll move to Berta next because I think there's probably no better place to go than with Mm, Berta after Potty's just poured his heart out about his beloved Toffees. Um, What do you think, Berta, mate? What should happen? Look, I I think the number one factor that should be considered here is that it's evident, so who cares? (laughs) Uh. mate there are good people listeners on Merseyside who support the blue half who uh, I mean how could you treat them like that the the Argentinian Everton fans just rolling over in their graves right (laughs) now you leave the Argentinians alone they're they're bloody they've had a tough week now just just sounds like a bloke who's jealous because he's going to he supports a team that's going to have the second best stadium in town. So. Yeah, that's oh. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's fair enough, but at least we'll still be in the Premier League. <laughs> can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. <laughs> no, look, I'll, I'll make it. I'll make it pretty simple. And and this is not a, a case for Everton and and all the other. T- Cosy, do you reckon you could talk type any softer? <laughs> <laughs> You sound like a cat on a hot tin roof. All I can hear is you typing. That's because the phone's next to the uh, keyboard. The first 20 minutes of this podcast has been the bloody listeners getting you learning how to touch type. 
Leave it, leave it with me, Cozzy. Leave it with me. Proceed, please, Berta. Yeah, no, I, I think the number one thing is that regardless of war, regardless of, of whatever, and this goes for everyone, they cheated. They went over the regulations. They didn't. They, oh, that's they, a bit they, harsh. They didn't stay within oh, the on. in the rules of the game, the laws of the game. So you've got to be punished. That I goes just everyone. explained why. It doesn't matter. Oh. You can't funnel money into a stadium and use that as a justification. They didn't funnel money into a stadium. <laughs> well, you, you excess spending on the stadium is what I believe I heard. Yeah, so, it's the interest it's pay, the interest. I- interest payments on the stadium. So they're well, hoping to offset those interest What's Bronwyn in accounting the doing then? She really <laughs> shit the bed there if she's not getting the interest rates right. Like, nah, they, look, seriously, they, it's, if you go outside of the, the rules, the regulations, the laws, then you're outside the rules, the regulations, and laws. There's punishments for that. If you, if you go on the, on the road and you get done for speeding, are you going to say, oh, I didn't realise that there was a 7% interest on my right foot? No. You're speeding, so th- that's oh, come but, up with something better oh, than that. Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I've just been bored shitless with Cozzy's typing in A League for the last twenty minutes. <laughs> no, but seriously, like it's the eye. It's now it now goes to the Premier League to se- and it sets the eyes of the world on Man City and Chelsea. <laughs> um, they're cheats as well. Deal with it. <laughs> so, so what? <laughs> so what do you think will happen? I, I'm a bit scared to ask this question, Berta. Uh, what do you think will happen, mate? Once again, who cares? Um, well, I do care for Man City. Uh, nothing. I don't. I don't think. I think they 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 know they're in no real danger of being relegated. Uh, I don't think the new owners will want to start their tenure on the on the the premises of pissing the Premier League off. And we've all seen how mm. how good that goes. Like even in regards to pissing the refs off and winning an appeal, and the next time you get fifteen red cards against your team. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I, I think it'll it'll be yeah. How did we get here? They'll cop it on the chin. Um, the the new owners will realise that they they don't want to fight someone else's battle. They'll probably sack Broman from accounting and bring in someone else. And yeah, job done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some pretty good accountants in Abu Dhabi, mate. Well, they will yeah. be the if if they don't get relegated from here, they'll will only be the second team in Premier League history not to get. Um, relegated after being on four points this far into a season. Who was the other team, mate? It was Let- Everton. <laughs> mm. But look, they're they're coming up against some absolute dead set shit this year. Like they, what were they, nine, <laughs> ten points ahead of relegation? And that was, you know, the the teams that are at their level aren't going to win games. Whereas Everton, the way they're playing at the moment, they could well be out of relegation this weekend. They're playing <laughs> Manchester United, so <laughs> like, I don't stress. I think the point was made here a couple of weeks ago on this show by you yourself, Potty, about if you're ever going to be shit, this year's the year to be shit with the teams that are in the Premier League and the teams that are competing down around the bottom there. So that's probably, that's come home to roost that comment, Potty, from an, earlier this year. Anyway. Oh, rightio, Cozzy. What should happen, mate? Oh, uh, so just, like, from Berta's point, um, I've got... The instigators, drawn and quartered. So this financial mismanagement that's been going on and and reading a little bit about it because I don't, you know, as Berta put it, who cares, but it's evident. But I thought I'd do a little bit of Actually, reading about it. Look, I'll step in there, Cosy. You should care, mate. Because, and you know why you should care? 
<coughs> and uh, why this should mean a lot Premier to you. Premier League title awarded to Arsenal? No. No, that's, <laughs> that's not Well, we happen. get two then. That's not going to happen. Uh, will I sing, you know, 22 times Man United when uh, City get thrown into the, the Counties <laughs> League? Yes. But uh, um, your team built a stadium, your club built a stadium, and they suffered for it for a long time. Mm. So I think you should care because hey, you're... Mikel and I, we, we, we're lovers, mate. We're not fighters, so we, we just, you know, take it as it comes. We're very calm oh, characters. Mikel so. and I, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what was that? <laughs> That's the gay um, shit I've heard on this podcast. <laughs> well, we're open to everything on this podcast, Berta. We don't, we don't prejudice. So, no, getting back to my point, like, um, you know, the people that have caused the mess are gone. They're out of the club, you know, and it's pretty shit out. See, the, the way they've left it, um, they need to answer to that. I don't know how that can happen in the financial world, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the big, pe- one of the, obviously one of the big people, and we touched on it just before, is is the owner, the former owner. Is it Mashadi? Mashari. Mashari. So, Mishiri. you know, he's doing these deals with the stadium and um, financing the stadium and then you know, poor Everton are paying back the interest, et cetera, to him. Like, I don't know how they could get away with it. And one of this is one of the problems I think that um, Everton are facing is that they misled the Premier League on that fact. How that stadium was funded and where the money was coming and going from is one of the things that is why they've spanked them with this wooden spoon so hard, I think. Um, they've, they've, he's dropped them in at big time. So he's yeah, out the but- doors. If you keep that in, if you keep that point in isolation, though, um, yeah, there's there's a lot to answer there. Um, you can't predict what was going to happen in Ukraine, which then resulted in the access to funding where Mashiri gets a lot of his money. That be pretty much didn't happen overnight. The Premier League would have investigated the sponsorship and rights agreement. I believe it were I can't remember the business. It might have been UMS or something like that. Um, which was a Russian company, they would have investigated it anyway, mm. like they would mm. with all um, those. But, yeah, obviously that stream of income or, you know, you would say capital was coming from Russia, which, you know, with the click of the fingers, the invasion of Ukraine, that stopped. Oh, you absolutely. Know, so, yeah, yeah absolutely. so it's very, it's very yeah. hard to say to, you know, lifelong Everton fans that, you know, this is your fault or your club's fault when it's really, it's such a worldwide issue. It was the same with Chelsea. I mean, I'm not saying that Roman Abramovich was some great owner, but I I think there's a part of me in this world that we live in who says it doesn't really make sense that a British government who has constantly ate at the table with Russia business-wise, that's why their footprints were so embedded in London, could then overnight say you need to sell a club, you need to sell your assets, otherwise we're going to freeze them. Like I, I it's so it's so there's so many more levels to this mm. than a football competition that we sit there and enjoy every single week. That's what makes it so complex. Mm. Yeah, and I think I just had another couple of points there, and you you touched on that as well about COVID and the shutdown. So there was a, there's so many factors to this case and this is why i think everton fans should be confident in the fact that they will try and 
battle this out and, and get their points back. I don't think they will get them all back, but they might get a percentage. But the the number of factors that are involved here. So a couple of other ones that I would like to just bring up is um, Richarlison. So mm. Richarlison's sale to Tottenham didn't go as planned. Um, so he was sold for what many pundits think was probably 20 to 30 million pounds less than what he should have been. So there's your 19 million right there. That that covers that that difference. Mm. So there's that. Um, there's another fellow I was reading about um, in the in the with the COVID link. His name is Senk Tossen. So he yeah. played about 50 games for Everton. He came in in about the 2019-2020 season and just really didn't really didn't uh, pan out for Everton and 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 poor old Senk. So sense for Senk was my heading. Um, if they in a, in a normal world of, of transfers and and um, uh, player movement, he would have gone back to Turkey where he came from for probably around ten to fifteen million pounds. Once again, there's an there's another ten to fifteen million pounds. So they weren't far off it, boys. They weren't far off being above board. And there was also too a lot of movements transfer wise around Europe at that time that couldn't involve any cash transactions due to that war yeah and turkey's but turkey as well their economy shut down so the turkish league was not running so that that was a big problem you know he, yeah. he played his football in turkey before he came to everton and, and it would have been an easy switch for him to go back and they would have made some coin on him but they had to put him out on loan yeah in the grand scheme of things like 19.5 million it's not the biggest total <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Coles, what what do you think will happen, mate? So, I I think I've got. You thought you've seen Sean Dyche angry? You ain't seen nothing yet. I think this will reverberate on the sidelines for the next couple of months. You know, I think it'll be he'll be questioned about it all the time. You know, he'll go into press conferences. He'll be he'll be asked about how the players are responding, what they need to do. Um, and he, he's, you know, he's no shrinking violet. Um, he, he'll be out and about. So I think that's something uh, something to keep an eye out for. Mm. The other one is, boys, um, the potential of... Uh, there are five clubs that could actually go to court and uh, sue for damages, uh, yeah. sue Everton for damages. So that's another factor that's... Uh, you know, they've, they've already facing the firing squad and here they might have some more Premier League uh, clubs jumping on board just to rub their nose in a little bit more. Now, I had a take on this one, um, which I don't know if if is being considered by most, but, you know, it seems pretty straightforward that other clubs who might feel as though Everton have cheated would go, well, we've got a right to appeal here and we could sue them. But at the end of the day, West Ham United in the 2007-2008 season avoided relegation with two players that were illegally acquired from South America. One of said players, Carlos Tevez, actually scored the goal at Old Trafford which saved them from relegation. It doesn't get more cheaty than that. (laughs) And they got simply had to pay Sheffield United a fine. I don't think, like, there's a lot of, you know, shitstorm in the media going around. Oh, Everton could be in trouble. They're going to sue them. Fucking good luck. 
because <laughs> there doesn't get much worse than a player who shouldn't have been allowed to play who at the time of scoring the goal to prevent them from getting relegated everybody knew shouldn't be on the field doing it and then nothing mm. came of it it was basically a monetary sum that was paid to Sheffield United to say sorry but enjoy yourself enjoy your time in the championship yeah nothing well, will happen well, nothing will happen stop worrying about wasting ink printing the papers with the fact that clubs are going to come after them. Four of those clubs actually wrote to 777 partners, the, t- the group, if you remember, boys, the group that was going to buy, purchase Everton, um, yep. and, and warned them saying that they were looking at pursuing damages in the event of a guilty verdict. So potentially that could be why that group pulled out. They didn't want to jump into a, the shitstorm that, is they're currently facing at Melbourne Everton, so that could you know. Mm. If I was if I was at seven seven seven, I would have sent him back a dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's some and serious just said, zoom action on there. <laughs> <laughs> I would have just sent it back and went, oh yeah, good luck. Yeah. See you in court. Got nothing so, to do with it. Uh, well, if a new ownership team came in, if you think. They got, you know, there was no leg to stand on in terms of blatant cheating, you know, with a new whole new ownership team coming in, as if a court's going to find them that they've got to pay for the, the sins of the previous owners. Well, the club will, but then they'll be facing more debt and then more more points deduction. So, yeah. Yeah. so my final point, boys, just uh, more fixture pain to come. So when I had a look at evidence fixtures... Uh, and who they've played in the last couple of weeks. So they've actually played seven out of the bottom ten teams already. So they're eight. So they've only played... Uh, so they've got a whole world of hurt coming for them because mm, they've played the Minnows already, including Manchester United. Um, so they've got a whole no, world of hurt coming. Now, they got them this week, mate. Yeah. So look out. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Happy days, eh? Mm. <laughs> what do you got for us, Gregor? Well, I think we'll start. I want to start with a full disclosure that um, it hasn't been discussed here at the Sports Attention Football Show. But my my club, Manchester United, have actually been found guilty of FFP. It doesn't get talked about much. We got a monetary fine that we paid. So I think if you actually peel back the layers, there are a few clubs who are being punished for financial fair play a lot of it came around the COVID time and you know the inability to make gate revenue of you know on and match day revenue so I'm not speaking of you know from a perspective of a supporter of a club who's you know clean necessarily but obviously the the Premier League at the time deemed that a, a simple I believe it was a five million dollar fine or it was a bit similar to the uh, the twenty two million over the six clubs who decided they were going to go and join the Se- the European Super League. They they all got a you know a split fine of twenty two million goodwill gesture. So it was a it was a, a, a monetary fine that my club had to pay. So I think that in saying that it does appear that there is a harsh nature to the punishment that Everton are getting. You know, ten points. Um, and that leads me to the next point is this, I believe, has come as a part of the independent regulator conundrum. 
Okay, there is a massive call in English football now, especially around the Premier League, for the implementation of an independent regulator to run the Premier League. Now, I possibly would be angling towards the fact that this response from the Premier League is pretty much a call to arms to say, we can keep our shit in order. We are going to come down as hard as possible on Everton because we, are, we want to prove to the public and to the government and the like that we can regulate ourselves. We can give just punishments, we can control things, we can keep it in order. I don't know how that's going to end up for other teams that end up in front of the, the Premier League on, on issues, but I think there, there's got to be something in that idea that they've been called out for their inability to manage, you know, the Premier League and the need for an independent regulator in English football and the fact that they've come in so hard with this punishment. Um, obviously, the big one uh, being around it being the stadium, uh, we've already discussed. It's not financial doping, you know, which would be the accusations you would label against other sides such as Manchester City or Chelsea, that they've been using their muscle with the funds of their owners to, you know, inflate the mm. amount of money they can spend on their squad, their managers and the like. That is the clear accusation that's been placed against Chelsea and Man City. I mean, you you could have a second grade education and start to investigate the Manchester City shit. Like, that is unbelievable, that. You know, how a team with six million worldwide supporters reported has better annual revenues than Real Madrid and Manchester United who have 500 million is fucking gobsmacking. I mean, that stinks. But anyway, apparently they do. Um, I think there's also too a bit of heat that's been put on evidence in terms of it being the player spending fallacy. So when um, Hamas Rodriguez, mm. Carlo Ancelotti, people forget freaking Carlo Ancelotti was your manager three, four years ago. Yeah. You know, like, that is completely separate from this. And I think a lot of people jump on it and go, oh, well, they just blew all their money on players who they now haven't got. But this is actually purely on the stadium. Yeah. Which, actually, well, which I think is, you know, a major consideration that you should have. I think in being fair to Evan, they should be applauded for the way in which they've acted um, in terms of putting it all out there and going, look, this is our books. We know we're over. We want to be, you know, transparent, um, you know, which other clubs haven't. You know, at the end of the day, City have hidden everything. That, that was, uh, there's 115 charges on Manchester City, but they're not 115 financial charges. I don't know the number of the financial charges, but a lot of the charges that Manchester City are facing at the moment is perverting the cause of justice, is failure to give information wrapping things up in cotton wool and and trying to tie the legal knots around this situation. And for that, I hope they fucking fail to exist. Yeah, being evasive. It's bullshit. You know, being evasive. The way they have carried on and the way they did it within the European or the UEFA investigation, which resulted in a two-year Champions League ban, what they did is basically got £5,000 an hour lawyers to just tie it up in litigation and then get it out on a technicality. 
and then go, oh, we were found not guilty. No, you were found guilty. You just went down to a three-person independent panel. So where did you focus all your energy? Did you have energy? Did you focus it on the investigation? Absolutely not, because you knew you were going to lose that. That wasn't a winnable battle. You know what's a winnable battle? Is get at those three people on the independent panel. And that's what they did with their lawyers. They got at those three people and tied them up in a technicality and they ended up walking away scot-free. And then they stood up at the end of last season as treble winners and held up that Champion League trophy and spat in the face of European football. That's what they did. And that's why I've got absolutely no respect for that club. Not because I go for the team across the road, but because it's an absolute disgrace in the way that they've acted. Um, what will happen from me? Everton will appeal. I, I, for some, some, I think they will appeal and I believe they'll get six points. I think they'll take away the, the financial penalty on the five million and I think they'll come to a compromise. You know, the Premier League suggested 12, independent committee comes in with 10, good old-fashioned barley haggling here. They'll come back and they'll go, rightio, we'll appeal and they'll agree on six. Have six go away. Don't do it I again. I think so. Um, yeah, which, I, I mean, yeah, I my... My concern's not about this Everton situation. I think Everton will be fine. I don't think they'll be relegated. I think Sean Dyche will galvanise the club. He's probably the best bloke you'd want in the position at this time. Um, but what will happen uh, with interest is what happens with those other two bigger clubs down the road because that's going to reshape football for the future. Well, if nothing yeah. happens, then... And, uh not going to be real impressed. Oh, so no, the, you wouldn't be. The average, the average in the last 10 years, boys, for the team finishing 18th is 34 points. So Everton have to try and get above 34 points. So they've got to get 30 points from here on in. Hopefully it's a bit less with the... That's 10, shit. That's 10 games, mate, mm. in the form they're in. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else to add before we finish up on that one, fellas? No, I think we've covered it all, have we, boys? Yeah, I yep. still don't. Oh, yeah, um, I still don't what? think we'll ever see a Manchester City result like this one. As Grego just mentioned, it'll be tied in knots and put a bow on it, and it'll 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 disappear. <sighs> I, you know, I, I've always said I I want it to happen before Pep leaves at the end of next year. I I would like to see the investigation concluded because then. You don't have this people dropping the ball and running away from it. You know, if you're, you know, up to your neck in it, you oh, you got to be there when the punishment hands down. That's yeah. what I think. That's what I think football needs. You know, there's too much of this nonsense where, you know, people just move on and go, oh yeah, oh well they, you know, I'm not taking responsibility, but yeah, but it's. Don't you- don't you just think, Grego, with the nature of the Manchester City owners and, and the status they have within, you know, the, the royal family, uh, that they'll, they've just, they'll have too many angles, too many ways, ways to make this disappear. Like the corruption stinks and they'll just find a way to make this disappear. The only hope I hold on to, mate, is the, is the Premier League's need to set an example before the government steps in for, on regulation for them. And they can really make that example with stepping up to the plate on the issue of Manchester City and Chelsea. 
Mm, yeah, and they, like there's like an opportunity Potty, there. Like Potty said, like they've gone hard after the little guy, but it's, they've yet to run at the big guy. I just can't see it happening. I hope so. And like you said, mm. with Pep, with Pep there as well, so we can realise that he's not the best manager of all time. That he's an absolute fraud. But um, I, I think it's it's a lot to do with the fact that you know Pep, in his statement saying that you know oh they've told me that we're we're good and we're clean and you know like it's just mate your brother your brother works for their freaking sister club over in italy you idiot <laughs> let's check his pay packet allegedly like what a you know it's just it's just uh, it spits in the face of intelligence what's going on and you know the fact that we're sitting here debating as to whether they'll actually be punished in any way is the biggest problem i think because it is just appears so darn obvious one of the sponsorships they had was with an asian betting company which on linkedin there was actually a stock bloody shutterstock photo as the profile picture of an asian lady like it's just so blatantly obvious the way that they are doing this like it's mm. they're making up sponsorship deals mm. but anyway under the alleg- rug. allegedly under the rug. all right cozzy we need to uh we need to uh, improve the morale around here, mate. <laughs> what do you got? Okay, boys. Well, with all this talk about financials and clubs making money, I've got a very simple uh, drunk uncle trivia for you this week. So what I've got, um, I've ha- the typing you heard earlier, that was the researchers in the background just beavering away trying to find the latest <laughs> statistics and trivia. So they've come up with a, with a gem this week. So what I've got here is the top... 10 best-selling player shirts across Europe in October. So what I'd like you to do, boys, oh. is um, just name me. We'll see. How, we'll take. We'll go in order. I've just written down Grego Potty Birder just randomly. Um, you can have a guess. See if your player. See which players are on that top 10. So I won't give you any clues to start off. So. So can you... I just can I just clarify? Does it have to be a European club jersey, or is it just jerseys in general? Uh, they are all European club players. Okay. Yep. So, so the player, the, the player. player. Who's the player? Yeah. Grego. Jude Bellingham. Correct. Number one. Potty. Harlan. Correct. Number two. Half of those were bought by Sheikh Mansour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mo Salah. Uh, correct. Number six. Ooh. Uh, is it back to me, is it? Correct. Um, Mbappe. Correct. Number three. Mm. Um... Oh, I don't know. I'm out. <laughs> so we've got we've got one player that plays in Spain and the rest are in England. Potty, if that helps you out. So, okay. So there's there's no okay. So there's no Messi's because he's in America. Um, yes, that's not in England. Yeah, MLS player. Potty, have a who's been pop? Who's been big lately this year in October? Who was who's Tarkovsky? <laughs> <laughs> not, no, I thought you were going to say Decore then, but no, he's not. He hasn't made the list. Oh, Greg is still waiting on his statue. The statue for Decore. Fun fact: he cost 
Everton 20 million in 2020. That might be where their 20 million deficit was, is. Anyway, moving on. It was worth it. Who? Um, Potty? Um, I don't know. Got? Um, Potty Come Coglu? Oh. Potty Coglu? Um, Easy, Potty. Come on. Son? Correct. Number five. Berta? Five down, five to go. Pukayo Saka? Correct. Number nine on the list. Oh. Young Saka from the Gunners. <clears throat> Doing well, boys. Um, I know it's not Hoyland because um, United didn't have any of those O's. <laughs> it's, that's a true story, that one. Um... Who we got? Um, you haven't named any Manchester United players yet, Grego. Yeah, well, I mean, you could say Bruno Fernandes. Is that your guess, or are you just trying to prize an answer out of me? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Bruno's your it. guess. Let's go, Bruno. No. Mm. Um. It wasn't like, oh, this is a bit out there, but it wasn't like Ollie Watkins. No. Have, One. We, have we said son? Yes. Uh, so, did you, did you say, no, hang on, I've got one. No, <laughs> I didn't know if we said that, I'm just trying to remember. Have you said, did you, okay, so, one more from Spain. One more from Spain. Mm-hmm. I know it. Yeah, so do I. He just got injured. He's, he's out he for just injured. Yeah, age, this is ages. Where, this is apparently, say it if you know. No, it. um, apparently his mum slept with uh, Jared Pico. He's out. T- <laughs> <laughs> That's allegedly that that was thrown in the gossip mags. I didn't he's, say that. He's out for ages now. He's a young Brazilian. Is it that? Is it that one you're talking about? I know who it is. Vinicius Jr. I'm not going to say it. Correct. <laughs> and he's made it in, scraped in number 10 on the list. Right 10? Right, so oh, we're, okay. We're, third, we're into the fourth round. I'll give you a couple of clues kicking off. So you're saying it wasn't Javi? It wasn't no. Garvey? No. no. I think he's... Oh, that's who I thought we're going with. You went for no. Vinny. Okay. No, he's I, he's I Real Madrid. No, so Vin, let's just be clear that... Gerard Pico did not sleep with Je- Vinnie Jr.'s mum. <laughs> there's, there's Spaniards out there right now getting on Twitter, Grego. That you know oh, they're going to be listening to this podcast. They're going to be active on the socials. Jeez, oh, what a fire shit storm you've started. Yeah, I don't care. What, what a fire shit storm. <laughs> what are you, three more, boys? Three more to get. You're going really well this week. Do you want um, some clues? Yes, please. I, I really want to say Daryl Brantwaite, but I know I'd be incorrect. Give us some clues, Coz. Okay, so all these players reside in Manchester. Kevin De Bruyne. Okay. Grego, it's your go at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne. Very good, correct. He makes it into number seven. Potty? <laughs> um, 
Nah, oh, I don't know. <laughs> the red side of Manchester potty. Hey. Oh. Can and I have it? Oh. I, you, I, yeah, you're going to kick yourself when you hear this. Can I have a country for the red side of Manchester? English. Uh, English. And Rashford. Argentinian. Rashford Argenti- is correct. Argentinian is Garnacho. Argentinian is Garnacho. Correct. No. Well done, boys. Oh, what? Garnacho. Bellingham, Haaland, Mbappe, Rashford, number four. Oh. I would have had. Salah, De Bruyne, Garnacho, Saka, and Vinicius. That's I would have had. Boys. I would have had. Uh, Martinez for my Argentinian guest for United because he's a fan favourite. Was uh, Beto number eleven? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's Berta has taken out Drunk Uncle Trivia this week. Four correct answers oh. to the boys' three. So well done, Berta. Well done, mate. Prizes in the mail. The prize is not a mail. It's in the mail. In case you get confused. <laughs> Got excited. Well done. Cosy, can I just say that was like shit tons better than last week's effort. Well, we didn't have trivia last week, Bert, because of our technical problems. So, of course, you're yeah. going to say that. Oh, the Love your work, Cosy. The world was spared. Rightio, some fantasy football tips, guys. Potty, what do you got, mate? Uh, so, Gunners seem like they got a bit of a decent run coming up. So, there might be some value to be found there. Plenty of football going on. So, mm. Mm, that's my tip. Uh, what are you thinking, uh, Cosy? I mean, I know I've got you a bit excited about that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I said the Gunners last... I thought they'd last week they'd, they'd go all right. So, yeah, they've got a good run coming up. So, hopefully, cr- fingers crossed. But my tip of the week is the captain quandary. So, Harlan versus Salah. So, whoever comes out on top um, in this game this week, I think if they're, if they're captain, if the, whoever they pick out of those two and plays well, that'll uh, forge them ahead in their Premier League fantasy competitions. Um, Harlan, I notice, comes has a slight injury uh, note, so we'll see how mm. he goes, but I'm not sure what's going on with that, but yeah, so whoever picks right could Mate, be I've, way out in front. I've got some, um, I've got some mail coming out of uh, the north of England, mate. Apparently both sides are parking the bus this week. Ooh controversial mm, so my tip would be uh, Allison or Edison for captain you're also somewhat close to last this is true but not last mm. close to <laughs> uh, Berta what's your tip mate oh, I've got two and yep. one I said a week ago and the other one is get rid of Sun and put Saka in with oh. Arsenal's fixtures coming up. Um, yeah, that's Sun, Tottenham, you know, like the old <laughs> falling off a cliff or that sort of stuff. They're, they're gone. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's Saka in for Sun. Yeah. Don't let the sun go down on me. <laughs> um, my tip of the week is get rid of Haaland. <laughs> he's injured and um, they didn't make the the Euros or the World Cup no the Euros Did you say Haaland or Hoyland Haaland no oh, Haaland. Haaland no keep, keep Hoyland in he's good 
Um, you might even want a captain Hoyland this week because they're playing against a leaky defence. Um, leaky financial books as well. Yeah, in Everton. <laughs> Bloody Bromwood. Well, um, yeah. Harlan's always struggled since he's been in the Premier League, so... Mm, he has. Um, look, I think the listeners would be getting the gist that I haven't got a tip this week and I've just made that up, so go with that. Um, Rightio, Potty. Uh, without further ado, mate, um, who am I? But who am I? Fast wankers! But who am I? You are one pathetic loser. But who am I? The fuck is that guy? But who am I? Radio mate, what have you got for us this week? All right, another week, another Who Am I? I've got a good feeling I know this one. All right, here we go. I was born on 3rd of September... I've got it! (laughs) On 3rd of September 1970 in Watford. As a youth, for two and a half years, I played for Southampton before being released as a 13-year-old. Are you a Watford fan? Um... yeah. I got it, Elton John. Oh, you've got it, El- <laughs> Elton John. Is it Elton John? Uh, no, it's not Elton. Oh man! All right. I began my professional career at Crystal Palace, making my debut as a substitute in a football league tie against uh, Southend United in October 1990. My league debut came against Liverpool in March 91. I became a regular in the first team during the 1991-1992 season, making 39 appearances. I went on to become captain at just 23 and led the club to the 1993-1994 First Division title, scoring nine goals from central midfield. After the South London club's relegation from the Premier League in 1995, I moved to Aston Villa for a fee of $2.5 having made 191 appearances over four seasons. At Villa, I was converted into a centre-back and was part of a formidable defence. In my first season, I lifted the League Cup for Aston Villa and qualified for UEFA Cup. I played in every Premier League game during the 98-99 season. I continued to play for Villa in the 99-2000 season as the club reached the FA Cup final, but handed in my transfer request just before playing for England in the European Championships, claiming that if... I am to achieve in my career. It is time for me to move on. Cozzy. On the eleventh, Cozzy. Is it Ugo Egigog? No, but great guess. Oh. Who was that? Who was that? Ugo Egigog. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> on July eleventh, two thousand and one, I signed with Middlesbrough. In July 2002, after Paul Ince left Wolves, I was appointed the new Middlesbrough captain. On the 29th of February 2004, I became the first Middlesbrough skipper in the 128-year history. Grego. Grego. Jonathan Woodgate. <laughs> no, not Jonathan Woodgate. Gozzy. To... Gozzy. Gareth Barry. Gareth Barry. No. Barry Barry? No. I became the first Middlesbrough skipper. Berta. Grego. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbeck. Massimo Massimo (laughs) Macaroni. (laughs) 
Gus Henning. Got it. Cosi. Mark Cosi. Well, you've all got it, boys. You've nailed it. Every single one. No, oh. keep going, mate. All right. Um, to lift a trophy after they defeated Bolton in the League Cup final at Millennium Stadium. Steve McLaren, manager. Mm. I rejected media rumours that I was set for a move to Manchester United following Rio Ferdinand's ban. I later committed to my final playing years to Middlesbrough, signing until 2007. I began my managerial career Berta. at Middlesbrough. Berta. Gareth Northgate. You got it, mate. <laughs> you got it. Nailed it. Well, there we go, Birdo. Mate, you are the trivia king today. Mate, you are just two from two. Uh, All right, boys. Well done, Potty. Thanks for playing again. Got a ripper lined up for next week. It'll probably be shit house now I've said that, but anyway, we'll have a go. <laughs> Rightio, guys. So as we move on, um, I don't know if the listeners have sort of cottoned onto it, but uh, over the last couple of weeks we've been going through different leagues uh, and just sort of give, touching on different leagues around Europe. Um, and with the international break on, I thought, look, let's just go to the Liga in France and um, we'll just have a bit of a, a debrief on, on the happenings in France. What do we think, guys? Isn't France League One basically how far PSG win the league by? Uh, well, pretty much. Uh, so we'll just go through the analysis. Well, the analysis. No, that's the analysis. Oh. I just can I just say Rightio, so moving on from European football. Hang on. I've just noticed that in League One this team in second place is called Nice and the team in eighth place is called Breast. So oh, mate, you know. Nice I thought you breast. were a, I thought you were a flight steward, mate. you 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 need to be a bit more worldly than bloody nice. It's nice. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not cosy. I can pronounce stuff. I was just having a having a little bit of a little bit of fun. But yeah, nice anyway. breast. Nice Come breast. On, you're, you're nice breast. lion. Nice breast. Hmm. You're 18th place lion. I it, yeah. And then um, what else can we have here? No, nothing else we can have any fun with. You're ninth place Nancy boy. <laughs> oh, jeez, it's time for bed. I think. <laughs> Okay, rightio, guys. No, it's not time for bed. It's time for the Who Cares Report. Right what do you got for us, Berta? We're all excited. What do you got, mate? Can't wait. <laughs> I'm here to talk about my old mate, Megan. Uh, Megan Markle. Megan Markle. Isn't she good value, Megan Rapinoe? Like, doesn't... She's the gift that keeps on giving. 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 Yeah, mm. so, you know... Not not only was look, the I'm starting yeah. to get the gist that Megan Rapinoe is the type of person that you know if she had a gift to give to a Make a Wish kid, she'd punch him in the guts and walk <laughs> off with it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and steal uh, their lunch. Self indulgent, yeah. yeah, you're suggesting, yeah. Gregor. Yeah. So not only did she give give us so much at the the World Cup, good old good old Megs, she's known. She um played a 
uh, I believe her last last game, and she lasted six minutes when the the uh, the Achilles <laughs> went on her. Um, mm. And then then she's come out in the media and said that there's obviously no no God for for her. <laughs> Oh. For her last game to end up the fact that she uh, only lasted s- six minutes, so mm. oh. she's it's she's, a thorough she's some rare theological with, analysis she? that from Megan, isn't it? Mm. Really? Yeah. So like, I don't know what what she wanted to do. Like if what what her God looks like, you know, she scores a hat trick and gets carried on by or carried off by all the left wing lesos out there. But like I just don't, like <laughs> it's. She's something else, isn't she? She really is something else. She just probably needs to go and get a short haircut, take some time off, and think a bit harder about the shit that she says. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, It's a, it was a really bizarre comment. So she's going and, you know, this is, you know, it's it's fucked up. I, I just come in, this is the quote, six minutes and I eat my Achilles. Um, you know, but then just saying, look... You know, I think, what is it? I'm not a religious person or anything. This is according to Fox News. But if there was a God, like, this is proof that there isn't. And it's like, yeah, that just shows that you are the most self-indulgent human being that I've ever heard. Maybe pick Mm. up a paper and have a bit of a read of some world news, things that are happening out there. Mm. You know, get a bit of context into your world before you... Can I I just add, I, I just read on in that article and... In the first couple of paragraphs, she's saying that obviously there is no God because I. Or what? What was the quote? There, there's. Um, what, hang on. What did she say? I'm not a religious person. Well, she said I, that no, there no, was. I, yeah, just I'm not a religious person or anything. And if there is what, if there was a God, um, there's proof that there isn't. Right. And you go down later in the article, and she goes. She says actually this quote. She goes. Um, that's just when I felt a huge pop, but it's pretty sure I told my the worst possible outcome, but. Thank God I have a fucking <laughs> deep, well, sense of humour. It's devastating to go out so early. Like, what's, which, which side of the, where is she, this chick? Like, there is no God, but now she's thanking God. She thinks that she's somewhat funny. <sighs> I, d- I don't know if it was humour. I don't know the context about it. But, um, you know. She's just a straight up lunatic. Like, she's an, she's an extremist. She's the centre of her own universe. Just, Absolutely. That is just un, you know. I don't reckon there's anybody out there who heard that and get yeah, good on you. Well done for yeah. saying that. That's that's tops. Yeah, I don't think. I reckon so. it's got a real sniff of post-career publicity, like she's oh, yeah. all over the media, and you know she's retiring and she's got to get a name out there. Not just in this instance, but in the last five or six months. She there'll be mm. it won't even be a few months and we'll get her first book. Like the the life and times of Megan Rapina. Like that she'll already she'll be on Oprah and all that other shit. Will you'll you read about order. <laughs> yeah, you'll have that on pre order. <laughs> Amazon Prime. Yeah. Mm. I he won't though because it involved reading, so he struggled with that comment before, so he might struggle with the whole book. No, it's got pictures. Oh <laughs> Can I just ask boys? You mentioned Berta at the start. They played Gotham FC. What's their kit look like? Tell me it's black. It's got to be black with little pointy ears and a cape. And Yeah, it's so no, weird. It said no, Coach Bruce Wayne. Rapinoe, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
righty, I've got a who cares report for you guys. Um, Ten hard goes out for a succulent Italian meal. Um, this is dead set. <laughs> <laughs> He's going out for a... <laughs> this is dead set a report. Does it say is succulent? The... <laughs> oh, look, I might, I may have added some, some flavour to Unwinds it. Unwinds with friends. Eric to Manchester United manager Eric Ten Hag unwinds with friends at popular Italian restaurant in Cheshire um, after steering the Red Devils to victory over Luton. And what a victory that was. Um, I mean, this is just a joke. He's he's having having an Italian dinner (laughs) with his mates. A a grey turtleneck and and he's got the paparazzi. And and what time is that? He was... Yeah, oh a grey turtleneck and a black overcoat. I mean... So oh, this is why we shouldn't order? have international yeah. breaks. Slow uh, news day, slow news day. Oh, mate. No. Oh. You, your boys know who's taking the photos. They mentioned the restaurant, the restaurant La, La Familia. Whatever like, it that's says. the best publicity fucking... you can get. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah right. you're right. Who knew that he... Oh. We done? Yeah. Very good. All right, guys. I think we're done. <laughs> I think we're done. Cooked. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, the the only uh, positive we get out of this episode, guys, is we can't be cancelled. <laughs> uh, Roddy, anything to add before we finish up, lads? No, boys, have a good week. And just don't forget about the uh, red versus blue bet for the what social if it's a draw? media for the just photo next out of week interest. for the podcast. Oh, yeah. Mm. No worries. We, yep. We're just mashing a kit yeah. together. One red, one blue. Uh, they, can, they can tug each other off. I don't know. Who cares? Mm. It'll be in the Who Cares report, the result anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right, lads. Thanks for Thank a cracking you episode. Thank you, listeners. That's if they're still with us. <laughs> if they're still with us. <laughs> All right. Rightio, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us on the Sports Attention Football Show. Till next week, we say goodnight.